This is an RNZ podcast. Thank you very much for agreeing to have a talk to me, Minister. I wanted to start off with the simple question. Why are Kiwis treated like second-class citizens here in Australia? It's a really important question, and that's something that's really been bothering me for a long time, and I know bothers our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese. That was One News correspondent Andrew McFarlane talking to the Australian Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill in late 2022. Her admission came after years of reporting on the perilous legal status of New Zealanders living long-term across the ditch. They've been denied disability payments, job seeker support and student loan services in Australia since the introduction of a 2001 law limiting their pathways to citizenship. That's resulted in hardship and complaints about unequal treatment. Back in 2011, Kiwis living in Australia were denied government assistance after being caught up in the Queensland floods. This is the lead sentence from a stuff story at the time. First, floodwater trashed Jade Foley's Brisbane home. Now, a lack of help from the Australian government threatens to leave her financially ruined. In 2014, Stuff reported on a sick toddler who was denied health care in Australia because his parents were Kiwis, despite him having never set foot in New Zealand. It also published an investigation on what it called discrimination across the ditch in 2018, highlighting the case of a woman who fell into depression and drug addiction after being unable to access support following the death of her child. This coverage has been matched in other media, which has consistently called out the Australian government for collecting New Zealanders' taxes, but failing to offer them the same rights as other citizens. Given that, Prime Minister Chris Hipkins was probably expecting a glowing reception and a run of good press when he stepped up to a media scrum on Saturday last week to say this. Kia ora koutou everybody, good morning, it's great to be here, it's a a very significant day for the Trans-Tasman relationship, a very positive day uh, for the relationship between New Zealand and Australia. Uh, Today we welcome the historic decision to provide a new direct pathway to citizenship for New Zealanders who are living in Australia. Hipkins did get some positive coverage for the move on the front pages of last weekend's editions of the Weekend Herald, the Press and the Dominion Post. But as it turns out, putting an end to a 22-year problem only wins you about six hours of good headlines. By early Saturday afternoon, a less celebratory angle was starting to cut through on the websites of our major news organisations. Both the Herald and Stuff ran versions of this headline. Fear of exodus of New Zealand workers to Australia after citizenship change. Those worries amped up the following day. The Sunday Star Times carried two profiles on New Zealanders packing their bags and moving across the ditch. Its editor Tracy Watkins accompanied those with a stinging editorial about the big fish hook in the Australian citizenship deal, which ended with this line. Will the last one to leave please turn off the lights? On Wednesday, TVNZ Seven Sharp joined the chorus, warning that Australia is stealing our workers just like they did with our best horse and our sweet treats. We're used to Australia taking things from us. Farlap, the pav, crowded house and don't forget lamingtons. Well, it turns out they're at it again. This time, it's Aussie employers trying to poach hard-working Kiwis. Now that might have been a bit tongue-in-cheek and Seven Sharp's story delivered a useful comparison of the wages and conditions workers can expect in New Zealand and Australia. 
In the New Zealand Herald, though, commentator Richard Preble was less constrained by facts, figures or indeed reality itself, writing that New Zealand is becoming a third world country and Australia is only changing its citizenship rules to strip this country of our best. The overarching theme of the coverage was that getting a better deal in Australia might leave some New Zealanders with little reason to stay here, and the rest of us worse off as a result. There's one small problem with that assertion. It doesn't appear to have much, if any, real data underpinning it. The economist Shamabil Jakob noted that emigration to Australia peaked in 2013 and has since dropped off. Infometrics Chief Executive Brad Olson told AM a pathway to citizenship probably won't be the biggest draw for New Zealanders thinking of heading across the Tasman. I don't know if it moves the dial considerably for Kiwis wanting to move over to Australia. There's already a lot of reasons that people have been considering doing so. Uh, our analysis shows that you can earn around $200 a week New Zealand, uh, more if you're in Australia than if you're here. Uh, but of course, if that was the case for everyone, there wouldn't be anyone left in New Zealand. At the least, it's too early to say whether there's, in Stuff's words, a great exodus underway. Other commentators criticised the negativity of the coverage. The media isn't a behemoth with a unified perspective, but politicians and news audiences could be tempted to feel like they've been the victim of a bait-and-switch after seeing 20 years of stories highlighting a pressing human rights issue, only to immediately see lines like this getting mass cut through when it gets resolved. We just got played by the Aussies. The Aussie government played Hipkins like a didgeridoo. You know, they have just done a raid on New Zealand talent. Now. And Hipkins is over there smiling, saying how wonderful it all is. In fact, he's trying to say that it's one of the Labour government's most substantial achievements, which is helping New Zealanders live in another country. At Newstalk ZB, afternoon host Heather Duplessy-Allen said she couldn't get behind this backlash. Right, there are a bunch of commentators who are seeing negative in Australia's immigration announcement at the weekend. I totally disagree with them. This is one of the most positive and significant changes for New Zealand in the ANZAC relationship. In The Guardian, commentator and former Stuff political reporter Henry Cook took aim at those trying to paint the deal as a bad thing, saying their arguments do New Zealand a disservice. He said people should focus more on making New Zealand better for workers rather than making sure Australia stays worse. The answer to this challenge shouldn't be just trying to build the walls up higher or guilt Kiwis into staying. It should be making New Zealand as good a place to live as Australia with comparable or better incomes and working conditions. Cook noted that Australia consistently pays out a higher proportion of its GDP in wages. But analysis of why that is and how to put New Zealand on par has been limited and the media bemoaning the trans-Tasman wage discrepancy might have done more to look at what's actually behind it. For instance, Australia has better productivity than New Zealand's. It has lower taxes on low- and middle-income workers, a higher minimum wage and a long-standing modern award system similar to the fair pay agreements legislation recently introduced here. A deep dive into those topics and their impact might have been more useful than articles on whether we got played by making sure sick and otherwise out-of-luck New Zealanders can access government support in Australia. Maybe the quick turn toward pessimism was predictable. Negativity bias in the news is an extensively studied phenomenon.
It's pervasive and not only in stories on Australian citizenship. For instance, this segment on Media Watch isn't focusing on the hundreds of worthy and informative stories published by the New Zealand media this week and instead is honing in on some coverage I've been critical of. Even if, in the words of one 2001 review paper, bad is stronger than good, that bias comes at a cost. A recent trust in media survey run by AUT produced a startling finding. New Zealanders are world leaders at tuning out the news, with 69% of respondents saying they actively avoid it at least some of the time, and just 37% of us taking high interest in what's being reported. When asked why they were switching off, a common response was that the coverage is depressing and divisive. The potential for an increase in people moving to Australia is a worthy topic to cover. New Zealand does have a skills shortage and workers leaving for greener pastures is a genuine concern. But this week's coverage could feel a little bit like a slap in the face to the New Zealanders who have spent more than 20 years living as, in the media's own words, second-class citizens. Perhaps our news organisations could do a little better at reporting and contextualising how their lives have improved in real terms, rather than just fretting over as yet unrealised scenarios where their gain might be our loss.